What's up guys, Jeff Cavalier, AthleanX.com. So how deep should you squat? Well, if you look like Jesse here when he's squatting, I'm gonna say, not that deep. And the reason being is, because of that evident butt wink that he's got going on there. Now the butt wink, for those that aren't familiar with it, is when your lumbar spine goes into this position of extension or neutral, into this rapid flexion and right back out of it when the squat gets to a point where it's too deep. And when I say too deep, I mean too deep for Jesse. And when I say too deep for Jesse, I mean too deep for Jesse right now. Because we all should be striving to get as low as we possibly can. As a matter of fact, if I'm going to get off of this ground at some point from this position, I need to be deep and need to be know and have the strength to be able to get out of here. So the most functional position of squatting is one that will take us as low as possible, but only if your body's ready for it. So what I put together here for you is a checklist for you to determine what might be causing your body to do what Jesse did, because he's certainly not alone, and we all know that, and how you can attack these things one by one so that ultimately when you fix your cause that's causing you to do this, you're going to be able to squat safely, ass to grass, and go as deep as you can, all right? So we're gonna knock these out one by one, and it actually already starts here with Jesse being down. There's a reason why he's here, by the way, not just to showcase the bad squat. It's to showcase that we have some things that could be causing the problems here. One is a hip capsular mobility issue, meaning the tightness in the hip capsule itself that's causing a limitation in your range of motion at the hip. The second thing is an anatomical restriction of the hip. That again would be restricting your range of motion, and we're going to have to be able to uh, determine the, di the difference between the two, but both of them are going to limit your ability to get low. The third thing is a pelvic muscle tightness, namely in the uh, hamstrings or the adductor muscles. And then we have ankle mobility and flexibility issues and pelvic stability issues. All of these or any combination of them or one in, in particular could be causing you to be losing the control of that spine at the bottom of the, of the squat. So the first three ironically are supposedly being, or you're able to be able to screen these out with the use of this convenient test that Jesse's going to show here. And you've probably heard it before. People say, well, hold on. Look, if you can get into this position here and sit back to a point where you're low enough in your squat, where your hips are past your knees, right, below your knees as they would be in a fully performed, executed squat, then if you can still maintain an anterior tilt here, meaning you still have the ability to get into a curvature here, not that you have to maintain that throughout a squat, but if you can still maintain some curvature here, there's no way that you have a capsular mobility issue, an anatomical restriction, or pelvic muscle tightness. And they use this test as the example. And I'll tell you right here, this test is absolute garbage. Garbage. Why? Because it's not complete. Here's why. If I were to take out this goniometer here, right? We measure angles of the body with this thing. If I were to go in here and I were to measure the angle of Jesse's torso here, while it looks like he's below his hips, it's actually deceiving. If I come in here and I angle this up to his torso here, we have about only 95 degrees or so on his torso, all right? So 95 degrees, if he were to sit back, if you guys that can creatively look at this, if we were to tilt him back up this way, he's actually gonna be falling backwards. Jesse, go ahead and sit up into a squat now. If he were to go back where he just was, he's going <laughs> down, okay? Instead, what we need to do is actually measure where Jesse is in his squat, at the bottom of the squat. Go ahead and get up. If we measure in the bottom of the squat here, now he actually has more of an angle. Here of about 131 degrees. 
Okay, so 131 degrees of flexion here to get down. Now the normal range of motion for a hip is around the 120, 125. If I have to get him back in that position and recreate that, he can't stay up here like this. What he has to do is he gets into his anterior pelvic tilt, he's in that deeper position of the squat, and now he's got to bring this chest and everything else down towards the ground. Okay, now all of a sudden he's lost all of this. It's all gone. He doesn't have the ability to do that anymore. So we can't rule out those other issues. He could be having now, now that we've actually gotten into the, the true degree of flexion that he's going to be in in a squat, we could be dealing with a hip capsular mobility issue, could be dealing with anatomical restriction, we could be dealing with pelvic muscle tightnesses. Now here's the thing, if you try this test, you're able to get down here and you still, can't demonstrate on Jesse, but you're still able to keep that anterior tilt. You actually can skip ahead in this video and go down to four and five, start looking at your ankles and your pelvic stability, and we'll timestamp those, those areas for you. But for those of you that lost your ability to stay in an anterior tilt at this point, you need to stick with me now as we go through one by one. Okay, so the first thing now, if we're going to look at that capsular mobility of your hip, is you got to lay down on the ground. You don't need somebody like me to do this for you. You can do it yourself. What you want to do is you want to see how easy it is for your hip to get up into flexion here. Now, normally, we're looking for at least 120 degrees. 90 would be there. We want about 120 degrees of flexion. What you'll find is people that have either degenerative hips or just capsular tightness overall, they start to lose the ability to get in flexion here, and they certainly start to get like a, a, a hard end feel, meaning it hits here and it won't go. It's like hitting a wall. Here, Jesse's got like that bouncy end feel. So that's another thing you want to look for. Once we get here, let's say we have an anatomical restriction going on. We're not going to be able to instantly determine whether or not it's anatomical, meaning the bones are hitting the bones, or it's more of this tightness in the capsule. So what we would do is, if he hits a wall here, if I turn his leg out just a little bit towards you guys, and now I'm able to go a little further, then we probably think we're dealing more with an anatomical restriction, which is going to happen and be tested a little bit further on here, okay? But right now, if he can get up here, the next thing I would do is I would test his internal rotation where I'm just going to turn his knee in. So the foot comes out towards you guys, knee goes in, and again, I'm looking for about 30 to 35 degrees here from here, okay? So if I go here and I got that, I can tell you right now, anybody with real capsular restriction is going to have a difficult time internally rotating, they're going to have a difficult time getting into flexion. If you're good there, then you can move on to the next step here, where we're going to actually go after that restriction of the, of the bone on bone and see if that's what's going on with you. Okay, so we're moving on now and we're looking for a way to figure out whether we're dealing with more of a muscle tightness here or whether we're dealing more with an actual bone on bone anatomical uh, limitation. So you can see what happens here. Why would this even matter, first of all? Well, let's say we take this hip here and we're going into flexion, right? We're going deeper into the squat, deeper into the squat. What happens is, at a certain point here, the femur doesn't have any more room. It can't continue to rotate. It winds up hooking onto the pelvis here. In order for it to keep going, it's actually going to grab the pelvis with it and turn it under. You see that, that posterior tilt is happening because in order for the femur to keep going, because you're driving down to the squat, it's going to have to grab the pelvis and move with it so you get that pelvic tilt, okay? You get that butt wink. That's one issue, okay? So we want to make sure that we determine whether or not that's happening, because what we could do is, as I said before, if it is this, then if you can, te you can test it yourself, you can turn your, your hip out a little bit more. In other words, drive your knees out a little bit more into external rotation, and if you do that, you should be able to clear a lot more room, right? Because anatomically, the way these bones set up, 
just like almost in the shoulder too, with external rotation, clears more room, you'll get more flexion out of it by having your knees out. Okay, so there is a fix for that. Even if you anatomically think you're screwed, you actually can change that a little bit by changing the positioning of your knees as you squat down. So now, the other thing just to consider before we get into it, because I'm going to show you how to differentiate it between the two with one single test, is you also have these muscles that run back here, hamstrings that run from the base of the, of the, of the pelvis here and cross the knee, right? And we also have the adductor muscles that are attaching to the underside, front side here of the pelvis that are attaching to the femur. So when we move this down we're getting, and we keep this back, when the pelvis is back, you're getting more of a stretch. And you'll be able to feel that, that restriction from these muscles that could be holding you back because they're too tight. And the same thing with the hamstring. And don't let people tell you that, oh, well, you're, you're letting some of the tension go because you have a flexion of the knee there, and that's, that's letting some of the stress off the hamstrings. Yeah, fine, but the hamstrings are a long muscle that attaches all the way to the back of the pelvis here, and that's going back even further as you go down to the squat, especially if you're talking about going ass to grass. There are going to be length inhi inhibitions here that are causing you to still feel too much tightness here that's going to restrict your pelvis, and, and if it's going to keep going, it's going to pull it under with it because it's attached, the hamstrings are attached right back there via. The, the hamstring attachment to the pelvis, all right? So let's figure out now one simple test which one you're dealing with because you've got to differentiate between the two of these. Okay, now let's differentiate between those two. So what we do is we get up onto a box here. The box just needs to be high enough to take your ass a little bit below your knee into proper depth on the squat, right? And we have that here because of the foot position and the elevation. Now, as Jesse goes and sets up here, put the squat bar on your back. All right, great. We, are, we already should instantly determine that this is not the right position. The same way it wasn't the right position when he was on the floor in all fours because he's not squatting from there. He can't squat that upright. He doesn't have the proper angle here between his torso and his leg. So he has to actually angle more forward, which he would in his real squat, right, that 131 degrees. And in order to get there, all of a sudden, he starts to lose this ability here. Now he's going to feel it, and you're going to feel it one of two places. Okay, the first thing could be you're going to feel it right in here, right? Do you feel That's it? That's where I feel it. He feels it right in the front here, like it's jamming in the front here. Now you're dealing with something anatomical, but it doesn't mean that you also don't have the muscular component, because here's what would happen. If I were to fix him and tell him, well, Jesse, if it is anatomical here, we can create some extra space by letting the leg drift out a little bit more, driving the knees out, out a little bit so you get some more external rotation, which allows him to get a little bit more mobility here. It frees that up, but now where do you feel it? All inside. Inside. So now he's feeling the, now he's feeling the adductor issues, okay? The adductor and even underneath in the hamstring. So that could happen to you. So you can feel that when you make that change, you freed it up in one place, but I'll tell you what happens. If you're going to take your knees and move them out and the adductors connect to this uh, femur here and you move it out further, you just increase the flexibility demands that you have on, that, on that, those muscles. So now you're going to have to address both the fact that you want to change your, your, your squat pattern a little bit by driving your knees out, but then understand that the demands on the adductors are going to be even higher, so now you need to make sure you're stretching them out. All right, so we've gotten through all those. Again, for those that were already sort of skipping past this, good for you. You've limited it to two other options. But for these guys that have already gone through here, it doesn't mean, unfortunately, that you may not have other contributions from those final two places either, whether it be pelvic stability or there be ankle issues. So you've got to watch those too. And we'll move on to those right now. All right, so now we're down on the ground here. We've got to look at the ankle mobility. This is Jesse's leg. Hey, guys. Hi, Jesse, it's an unmistakable leg, believe me, for many reasons. The fact is, we got to make sure that 
his ankle mobility is, is enough to allow him to go down. Why? Because if the ankle, if you're going down into a squat, you need to have your ankles be able to continue to give you something called dorsiflexion, meaning as your knee goes down, go ahead, Jesse, and down, it needs to be able to give and create uh, the, the opportunity for your pelvis to come down. If you hit a wall here, go back, and you can't go forward anymore, but he's got to continue to get down, what happens? The pelvis is going to drop and go with it, because he can't get any more forward with the with the ankle, so he's got to have the pelvis come with it. That would be another cause of butt wink. What we're looking for here is a simple, simple test to determine whether or not he's got enough to ankle uh, dorsiflexion. And all you got to do is set up a few inches away from a wall or a box, and then what you do is you just try to lean forward, keeping your heel on the ground here, and see if you can touch that knee to the wall or to the box. And Jesse can, and there's a reason for that. If I were to take out the gonadometer again here, and I were to measure, what I've got here from 90 degrees, I've got about you know, 23, 23 degrees forward on that. You're looking for about 20 degrees of dorsiflexion to be able to do that. If you get in this position here and you can't get there, go ahead, Jesse, back a little bit more. Let's see you're restricted in there. The question you want to ask yourself at that point is where are you feeling the restriction? Are you feeling it right here in front where you're feeling a pinch again? Or are you feeling it back here in the Achilles? If you're feeling it more on the back side, you're probably dealing with a calf muscle tightness. If you're feeling it more on the front side, you're probably dealing with a subtalar uh, mobility issue where you can want to work on more ankle mobility drills, all right? But in the, and we actually have a couple that we've done on this channel that we'll link for you. One that was right here actually was a very, very helpful one for that specific issue. All right, but in the meantime, which one are you dealing with? Determine that. That will give you your plan of action. But we're still not done. We have one more where we're actually on our feet in the squat and our bodies betray us because we lack pelvic stability. We gotta check that out now. Okay, so finally what we have to do is we gotta look for that pelvic stability because that's a very, very important thing. And what you will do right off the bat is you could potentially be setting up improperly, meaning in too much anterior tilt. Because what would happen here is, Jesse, get into an anterior tilt. If you set yourself up this way when you squat, now when you come down, come down slow, there's that wink, right? Now, there's a reason why he's winking badly at that point, because if he already gets himself into that anterior tilt, he's already putting himself in hip flexion. He's putting himself in about 15 degrees of hip flexion, meaning that all the reasons we talked about before with the capsular mobility, the anatomical restrictions, whatever else could be going on, is going to be exaggerated, because he's already taking away some of the hip flexion. So what you want to do is instead you get up at the top, and then what you're going to do is you're going to put yourself not in so much exaggerated anterior tilt there, but to get yourself tucked under a little bit more by squeezing your glutes. The thing that this squeezing your glutes does is it actually does two things. Number one, it gives you some uh, more stability here. It puts your pelvis a little bit in better alignment underneath your spine to support it, but it also can correct any hip alignment issues, meaning hips open to the left or hips open to the right. I actually did a video on that as well. So what we do is, let's say we get to the bottom of the squat though, and what happens with Jesse is boom, he winks. What you want to do is, I think a lot of times in the most difficult position of the squat, the low portion of the squat, that's when we tend to lose our stability of the hips. So what we can do is we can focus on trying to improve that. You put something at that level that gets you right to the point where your butt winks. Okay, for Jesse, you have to actually put it on top of a mat to get it a little bit higher. <clears throat> now, if he's in this position, what you want to do as well is, you want to fix your position. So if you're in a wink, you're going to get yourself back into a more neutral position or even more anterior so you can actually work to overcorrect here. And you get yourself into this anterior position here. Now, his goal is to try to lift himself like an inch or two off of that ball, good, without losing his ability to stay there. 
Okay? It's a little bit of a wink there. Go ahead and just slide right there. Perfect. See, now he's got the ability to do that. Why? Because he's got focused stability there. He's focusing all his attention on that pelvis and making sure that the pelvis does not move. And we need that because when the legs are moving, they need to be able to push off of a stable pelvis. For the same reason that when it works in reverse, if you're going to jump, you want to be able to jump off of something solid, not off of the sand because we need stability from below. This, the legs need stability from the pelvis in order to be able to provide the best strength and function. So if he's here, he can actually now grab a kettlebell to overload his ability here and challenge his ability to be able to stay right there, just like that. And now you can actually do a couple squats, mini squats from that position, up and down just a little bit. From here, up a little bit. Go up, go up like five inches. There and down, right there, and up, and down, and up. And you see that? And you're really working on maintaining that pelvic control. Okay, so if you have an issue there, you're going to want to make sure that you address it because pelvic control issues will totally cause you to give out at the bottom of the squat and bottom out and then cause that dreaded butt wink. So there you have it guys. Hopefully you found the video helpful. Obviously I could not have done it without the help of my skeleton, I mean my skeleton and, and Jesse. Guys, <laughs> the fact is squatting acid grass is a fundamental requirement of our bodies. However, your body better be prepared to do it. Hopefully, if you take just a few minutes to go through this step-by-step -step instructional here, you'll see whether or not your body's prepared to do this. The good news is, if you uncover a reason for why your body's giving out at the bottom of your squat, you'll realize here that there is pretty much a fix for any of it. You just have to dedicate a little bit extra time to make sure that you're fixing your body to be better prepared to handle the loads that you're going to in the actual squat itself. If you guys found this video helpful, make sure to leave your comments and thumbs up below. If you like these comprehensive videos, where we sort of break out all the tools we got here, make sure you leave your comments and let me know what else you want me to cover. I'll be happy to do that for you. You guys know this, this, this channel is always about putting real science behind the strength, not just breaking out PubMed studies, but actually what really works in practice. We'll continue to do that for you here. In the meantime, guys, leave your comments and thumbs up, subscribe, and we'll be back here again in just a few days with another video. See ya. Were you calling me a tool? Absolutely.